0: Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of Connections That Matter. My name is Sarah Kadava, and I am so excited to kick off our little mini podcast about employer branding. Why should I do it? How should I do it? How can I tell if it's working? And all of that good stuff. I'm joined in this and every episode of Connections That Matter by the mega mind, Christina Zurich. All of these episodes were recorded from our home to account for social distancing instead of a fancy in person studio. Thanks so much for your understanding on the sound quality. Now, my job at ITA Group is to come up with employer brand solutions for our clients. But Christina is the one who actually sat down and figured out what it is and why our clients need it. She is a fountain of employer brand knowledge, and I just can't wait any longer to introduce you to her. Christina, welcome to Connections That Matter. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you, Sarah?
0: I could not be better. And I think it's partly because we are both super geeks on all things employee experience. So I'm just really excited to chat more with you about employer branding um, over the next 20 to 30 minutes or so. And since there's no time like the present and people are not here to listen to me, I'm going to get right into it. Christina, I have to admit that when I first heard the term employer branding, I initially thought of a company's logo and maybe their advertising campaign, maybe even the colors on their company letterhead. But I'm guessing that perception is actually not quite right. Um, How would you better explain what employer branding actually is?
1: You are not alone, Sarah. I would say kind of my standard definition that's a little more formal would be it's it's how an organization identifies and markets itself as an employer to attract and retain talent. But that feels a little stiff and formal to me because inherently there should be an emotional appeal in that employer brand um too. And so that's where kind of the the more colloquial way that I explain it is it's It's this message that sells your culture or the behaviors that are expected um, from working there. And then also your EVP, your employee value proposition, which is really what employees value most about working there. And it weaves those two things together into some kind of authentic, compelling message that then you can share internally, externally, um, really wherever you want to get that message out so that you can promote your organization as an awesome place to work. What I think is really interesting is is how this topic and this subject has grown over time because there are just so many different benefits to an organization for having a really clear, compelling employer brand message. And so that, I think, has really helped to increase the f- sophistication of what employer branding is. So it's much more than just the color scheme these days and a really exciting piece, I think, of how an organization communicates to its people and, and externally as well.
0: So to that point, you mentioned um, the brand being kind of that, that lead on how to acquire talent, um, talent acquisition, talent retention, benefits, even COVID um, are just a few of the countless priorities that we know our buyer friends um, are facing day to day. So why should companies and HR leaders focus on employer branding right now?
1: You know, to me, I think the amazing thing about employer branding is it has this weird history of almost feeling a little bit soft to people like, well, yeah, like that's nice to have. But when you actually look at what it does for an organization, it drives some really serious bottom line performance. Um, You know, as you said, it absolutely impacts your ability to recruit new employees. Uh, In fact, there's research out there that shows that it's significantly more difficult to recruit employees especially top talent if you don't have a strong employer brand reputation some studies show as much as 70% of employees would not go and work for an organization that they don't believe has a strong employer brand image companies with negative reputations have to pay at least 10% more per hire just to get that candidate in the door because that reputation matters what i've loved to see happen over the past especially a few years is this shift in thinking to realize that it's about more than just getting people in the door though. Because if you can't keep them, uh, what good is it to begin with? And so that's where I think some of the other benefits that you can get from employer branding when it's done correctly um, is increased motivation for your people. Um, People are more committed to accomplishing things when they know why they're doing it, when they understand why the organization is working towards something together. And so that can really help you tell that story to them. Honestly, I would say it impacts your overall reputation in the market for the people that you're selling your products and your services to. Um, I think particularly during a time like right now, um, this has become a defining moment for brands in terms of how they treat their employees and the way that they've handled this crisis for their people. Is something that's being widely discussed, whether it's just among the employees who work there or the consumers who are choosing which brands to support. Uh, it's it's absolutely top of mind and just so critical uh, to the success of a, a company overall. And so that's what I I love about the employer brand strategy overall is that it has such a financial impact for an organization when you do it well, and it also can really impact you if you don't.
0: If I had to summarize uh, that answer, uh, round it up, I think I would say reputation matters. And I kind of want to get us T-shirts that we can wear to say that um, for a lot of reasons. But I also think it leads into where I was kind of thinking about going with my next question, and that is reputation matters plus war on talent. Um, I know that the conversation on the war on talent is ever-changing Um, how specifically would an employer brand help you win, quote-unquote, the war on on talent?
1: We're at such an interesting point in time right now because I haven't really heard (laughs) war on talent for a few months now because of what we're all living in. But the reality is, it's still there. It's in the background. It's going to come back into being an issue because the reality is there is a shortage of top talent, especially in the world, and uh, organizations are always going to need that. And so I think that uh, when you have that great employer brand, um, what it's going to ultimately end up doing for you is it makes you more appealing. It's going to help lead to more referrals from the employees who are already happy at your organization. And people are more likely to want to apply for companies where they've heard somebody talk positively about the experience of working there. Um, And then, you know, Like I kind of mentioned at the start, it's helpful to bring more people in and um, to really hit on that talent acquisition side of things. But if you're not keeping them, then your strategy is still flawed. And so ultimately, um, I think that's where a lot of the power comes from and where you can help win that work for talent is by focusing in on, you know, more retention. Um, If your story is authentic and it's true to what people are going to experience, they're going to appreciate that and they're going to want to commit more to your organization. I think by extension, then, that increases engagement. Um, people are happier when they feel like they know what's going on, when they feel like what they're working on is aligned with what other people are working on. And, and again, it all kind of comes back to that, like shared sense of purpose. And I think employer branding is such a fantastic way to be able to increase that understanding of that shared purpose. You know, I would also make the argument that a great employer brand can actually help you increase productivity too. When people aren't chattering about um, you know, the inconsistencies in the company or how they're just not quite sure what's going on, um, they're more productive. They know that they're working using similar behaviors and norms, that culture has more consistency, and all of that ultimately can help uh, improve productivity for the organization. And, you know, really, it's it's the combination of all of those things that ultimately drive that increased retention. Um, you know, when motivation, engagement and productivity are all high, people are less inclined to look for opportunities elsewhere because they don't have as many reasons to complain. To be honest, it's, you know, everybody's moving forward in lockstep. And so that's really where I think um, you can see the most effective employer brands coming to fruition is when they're really impacting um, that overall retention for the company.
0: So I'm going to pivot a little bit and want to ask about some examples of where authentic branding has really come out and what makes those examples so successful.
1: Yeah. So I would say, I mean, Netflix always springs to mind for me when it comes down to like, who is a brand that is just really great at authentically living their culture internally and externally. And what I love about them is it's not actually a culture that everybody would like and they don't care. Like that's really, they're so clear on what they believe is important and what those cultural guideposts are for their organization, that they publicly and in-depth detail what it takes to succeed there, uh, what they're looking for in people, how they expect people to behave, and then say, you know, if this doesn't sound like you or something you would like, it's probably not a good fit for you and you should go work somewhere else. And so, you know, I mean, the degree of depth that they've gone into to really uh, clarify this, I think is exceptional in the market. And actually about 15 years ago, they made history as the first company to really come out and and spell out what their culture is. They actually came out with a 124-page slide deck that explained all of this detail around their culture. And while it's Maybe not quite that lengthy now, um, they still have a very in depth description on their careers page that you can go and look at and see what are examples of the behaviors and the values they expect you to live and and what are some of the things that they use to evaluate success at the organization and You know I think that authenticity is really uh, rare in this world. I think that a lot of times. Companies will try to make themselves sound so appealing because they really want to draw that talent in. And the reality is everybody has, has good things and then a little less good things about each organization. And that's one thing that I've just always really appreciated about Netflix is they are unabashedly unafraid to make it known that they have a certain way of doing things and that might not appeal to everybody.
0: If I had to put a bet on who you would have picked, it was not going to be Netflix. But I think the way that you brought that to life and and shared it is so true that you don't have to be everything to everyone and they are strong with who they know they are and who they want to hire. So I I love that example. Do you have any other tips for people that are just they don't even know where to start, that they they haven't worked on this for as long as you have, where would they begin with creating their own employer brand?
1: Yeah, I get this question a lot because honestly, it is a little overwhelming. And and what I found in my research is the number one reason people don't feel confident in their employer brand strategies because they don't really understand employer brand strategy to begin with. <laughs> um, and so I love that people are trying to un ravel this, though. And, and what I would say is the very first step you need to take is ask a lot of questions um, to better understand what is it that you're trying to do. Um, and that's actually one thing that I really like about um, what I've seen with how the company GE um, has tackled their employer branding efforts is they start by asking a lot of questions so that then they can figure out what is the data that i need to gather what is the feedback what it, what do i need to learn about what i'm trying to do so that it can be more effective and one of the first questions that they always ask is what am i trying to brand and it's very specific to their employer brand but i think it shows the nuances of employer branding because honestly it's not as simple as just branding one thing you could be um trying to come up with a brand for what's the employee experience that new hires can expect. Or you can be trying to come up with a brand for what's the message I want my people who already work for me going out and talking to their personal networks about us. Or even is it the message that I want my current employees to hear about why their work matters and where that shared purpose is, knowing that purpose is such a big thing right now. Once you've decided on what it is that you're branding. So like, let's use a scenario of I'm trying to brand uh, for my current employees, that unifying purpose that I want to make sure that we're all marching toward and that we're all aligned around. Once you've decided that, then you kind of break it down into who do I need to talk to to better understand how employees actually feel about that? Because what you don't want to have happen is to do this work in a silo and then come out with something that maybe sounds super aspirational, But it's not actually true or people don't actually buy into it because they don't understand it. That's like the cardinal sin of employer branding. And so I'd say once you've really identified what is that message you're trying to brand, um, figure out what are those segments of your groups um, in your organization that are important for you to really understand their attitudes. And so I'd say in general, um, your, your employees obviously are very important. But so are your leaders, because if there's a disconnect between what your leaders, um, executive level, mid-level, um, wherever they might fall in the organization, um, believe, and then what your the rest of your employees believe, and then what you're trying to say from a brand standpoint, um, that's going to be really hard to overcome. And so it's important to kind of, it'll feel like hurting cats a little bit, but it's really important to take the time to go to those different stakeholder groups within the organization and get their opinions, get their feedback on what is it that they feel like their purpose is in the organization. And and sometimes it might take some educating too. Um, So that's, I guess, the other thing I would point out is When you're gathering that feedback, don't be scared too to also highlight maybe things they didn't know. It can be a really great way to really just improve those lines of communications overall too, while still gathering that information that you're looking for to continue to make a more effective uh, employer brand message at the end of the day.
0: I love that. And this is not revolutionary what I'm about to say, but I think in the line of questioning and some things that I know that our teams and the employee experience expertise ask is helping our clients ask why three different times. Like why do you exist? And then asking it again. And it's when you get to that third or even fourth layer that the, the true purpose comes to life and kind of that, you know, qualitative, softer data approach. I'm really glad you brought up the idea of segmentation because I think, you know, we are so often quick to think of em- all employees as the same, but you mentioned, you know, your leadership group versus day-to-day performers or individual contributors. And then even a, a layer deeper of are they high performing individual contributors or do they have one foot out the door and that everyone will need a slightly different message or have a slightly different opinion on what the brand should be? So it, I love that nugget that you um, pulled out there.
1: For sure. And I would say, too, I mean, a growing uh, divide that we're seeing, too, and that I think we'll continue to see get bigger and bigger is uh, people who are co-located versus those who are working mobile. You know, working from home or working from elsewhere, but perceptions can be very, very different between those audiences because the ones who are not co-located are obviously not witnessing the behaviors day to day. They're not, they're not seeing some of those intangible um, feelings that you get from working in an environment with a lot of other coworkers, and so they can oftentimes have a very different, not necessarily bad, perceptions on some of those key messages that you're, you're looking to
0: communicate. Speaking of personalization and the employee journey, uh, we know that we're gonna launch a brand and that it will be exciting and fabulous. But as companies grow and change, hopefully they also have new hires that they have to ingrain. So for that new hire onboarding stage of an employee journey, how do you go about doing that with these new hires after that initial rollout has already happened?
1: I'd say start early and often for sure. So um, I actually, one of the best things that I've seen happen, I think just because employer employer branding tends to be more mature for talent acquisition is they're pulling all of that messaging up into the recruitment space. And so people are actually already seeing a lot of those messages, uh, which is, is great and really important. I'd say where most companies are falling down right now, in my perspective, though, is they're coming off really super strong when they're recruiting and in that like initial hire phase, and then that messaging drops off. And so that's where I'd say it's really super important to figure out how do you support those messages later on in other touch points um, for the employees. So think about, for example, performance management. The behaviors that you are giving feedback on in your performance management strategy absolutely need to align with the behaviors that you're telling people upfront are core to your culture, and if they're not, that's going to immediately feel like a huge disconnect to those people. And so, I'd say, you know, that's one really basic way that you can make sure that that's creating more of that cultural consistency for those new hires. Um, the other thing that I would say is we all need to have maybe a little bit more empathy for new hires and know that they are. to So many new and different things and messages sometimes just get lost because your brain can literally only process so much information at one time. And so trying to figure out how can you continue to reinforce those brand messages in other touch points or maybe environmental signage around uh, the office, or if we're not in offices for a while, how do you uh, carry that even home to them in like a home-based mailing, things like that, that grab continue to reinforce and drip that messaging on them are going to be super critical to laying that foundation so that they they really do understand what those behaviors are, what those messages are that you're wanting them to walk away with. The other part, I guess I would say that is a little harder to control is you need to make sure then that that's what they're actually experiencing. It's one thing to tell them tell them tell them, but if those behaviors are not actually consistent with what they then experience in their day-to-day role, that's where you need to be keeping a pulse on that as well because that's really the number one thing that will erode the success of an employer branding campaign is if the people just aren't actually living it and if it's not actually authentic to what is happening in your workplace. So different factors to consider there.
0: We've provided a lot of great Getting Started content for our listeners today, and there's tons more to come in the next two episodes. But for now, let's just do a quick recap of what we learned. One, employer branding has far-reaching effects from recruitment to engagement and even productivity. Two, take a cue from Netflix and don't feel like your employer brand has to be everything to everyone. And three, make sure you know the question or the thing that you're trying to brand before you start your efforts. As I alluded to, our next episode of Connections That Matter will tell you how you can gain the buy-in you need from leadership to begin your employer brand efforts. And we'll also give you the inside scoop on what we at ITA Group most often hear from employees about what matters most to them when it comes to workplace culture. Thanks for tuning in and have a terrific rest of your day.